0: Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is time to break down some of our favorite and least favorite bets for the Week 7 NFL slate. And with me to talk about it all is Matt Peralt, host of Pushing the Odds on SB Nation Radio and the Better Network, and a ton more, which I could list, but then we'd be like an hour and a half show. You can find him (laughs) on Twitter at Sports Talk Matt. Matt, thanks for joining me today. How are you doing?
1: I appreciate it. I'm great. Thanks for the invite. Always great to talk to somebody in New England.
0: Yeah, I know. We were just talking about it. We are, uh, you know, Matt's not not near me anymore, but uh, we would have <laughs> been roughly like, uh, I don't know, like 20 minutes away at one point uh, in our lives had we met uh, at a different point. But for now, we're, we're pretty far away. But uh, thanks to advancements in technology, you'd never know it if we didn't tell you. So uh, yeah. anyway, let's get right into it. We had a pretty profitable week last week. Our guest, Jared Smollett, nailed both the Falcons Cardinals over 51 and the Jets getting seven from the Cowboys, as well as his top prop bet, which was Matt Ryan over 350 passing yards at plus 146, which he barely squeaked by. His only miss was on the Chiefs laying four to the Texans. As for me, I hit on all four of my picks, which included the absolutely grotesque Dolphins getting three and a half from the Redskins, the Jaguars and Saints under 43 and a half, the Jets and the Cowboys over 44, and Stefan digs over 59 and a half yards at minus 114 which he narrowly cleared by 11 billion yards. Now it is up to you Matt <laughs> to keep us going. How confident are you on a scale of like 1 to
1: 48? On what game? Just in my No, brain.
0: just generally if you're going to be able to do a perfect Look man, we don't go. We don't go like <laughs> half ass here. We go all the way. Are you ready to have the clean sweep get all three of your bets Plus your top proper. Are you ready? Or how confident yeah. are you? I mean, well, minimum given of my like
1: forty six. Yeah, given my week last week was horrendous, so I started off red hot. I went ten to zero to start the year out of the NFL, and and then as you know, as what happens, you come crashing down to earth, and I, all of my handicapping acumen, all of my narrative explaining, all the games I thought where I, I had teams backed up against the wall at home, either as small as small favorites or small underdogs. You know, the Chiefs, the Rams, and the Browns all let me down brutally last week. So, uh, I- I'm 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 hoping to bounce back, and hopefully, this show will help you help me uh, get back on the winning track.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest because I'm an honest guy. I like to have credibility with the listeners. Um, the three bets that I listed, not even including the prop bet with Diggs. Were you know three of my better bets for the week. It was it was a uh, a rough week overall. I think generally speaking, but it was for a lot of people. Um, and so we're gonna we're gonna definitely bounce back right here. You and I we're gonna nail. We're gonna go eight for eight on all our picks. Even the ones we avoid, we'll just be like, obviously nobody wants to get into that. <laughs> but before we get into it, I do want to announce the winner of the Alvin Kamara helmet giveaway. Congratulations to Nick from Massachusetts. Nick has already been notified, and the helmet is on its way. Way to go, Nick! Thanks for listening. Now. If you did not win the Kamara helmet, well, how would you like to win a signed Odell Beckham Jr. Browns helmet? Because that is this month's contest. To be entered, just leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. And of course, if you entered a previous contest, you are automatically entered here. All right, as always, we're going to get started with pick six, where both Matt and I are going to give three of our favorite bets for this weekend, either against the spread or on the over-under. Now, as always, I will note at the outset that we are recording this on Thursday night, shortly after Patrick Mahomes hurt his knee. So we're not going to be making any picks on the Chiefs Broncos game. But if you want to see how I pick that game, you can go to bettingpros.com. That is going to show you how I and every betting expert who makes picks on the site made their picks for that and every game. Matt and I are also going to be using the bettingpros.com consensus odds here in making our picks. Those are the aggregate odds that you'll find available in the market.
1: All right, Matt, start us off. What is your first pick? All right, so let's talk first on what I think is going to be an important game for the sports books. It's going to come down to Sunday night. And so what I do on my show, I have the fortune of being in Las Vegas. I I work actually out of a sports book uh, in the Palms, working very closely with CG Sportsbook. So I I have the ability to talk to these guys in in what they think they're going to need. And, you know, there was a famous line back in the day about a year ago. Actually, G2E is the, the gaming global gaming conference, actually, this week here in Las Vegas. But a year ago, Scott Van Pelt made a very controversial comment by saying he wanted to be on the side of the books, which I don't really think is that bad of a comment. But people flipped out. Pros flipped out saying, I don't care what the books need. But generally speaking, it's not bad to be on the side of the sports books. Over the last three weeks, the books have absolutely crushed the public. So let's go to a game, which the Sunday night game, the Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. This is where the Dallas Cowboys, everyone who loves Dallas says they can't lose in the game in a row. They're at home. There's no way. Short number. Here we go. But the Eagles, and I know... The Deshaun Jackson situation is an interesting one to watch, and I'd feel more comfortable if we knew that Amari Cooper was not going to play and we knew that J- that Deshaun Jackson was going to play. But let's just assume all trends are pointing towards one: yes, Jackson's playing. No, even if he does play, like last week, he was in for three snaps, and it was a really big detriment to the offense for the for the for the Dolphins. I am going to take some. Short numbers here because most of these weeks are short numbers. I like the Eagles here plus three on the road. At Dallas, I think this is a field goal game, but I think you want to play the money line. I don't hate it. I think this is an Eagles bounce back spot. There's some real problems with Dallas. Their offensive line is really banged up, and if that's if that part of their game is banged up, I just don't think they're effective. They can't run the football, and I've never liked Dak Prescott personally. So you got some injuries with skill players. You can't use Elliott the way you want to. That defense is not good enough. I think the Eagles win outright, but I'll take the three points on Sunday Night Football so the consensus odds very recently has just moved to two and a half
0: but i assume you like them there um since you're willing to take them outright. and i could not agree with you anymore and it's a little scary this game right this game is a dream for i mean there's gonna be so much money on sunday night too right you're gonna have (laughs) betters who have just gotten crushed and are gonna try to make it all back but of course you've got two very prominent teams i completely agree with you now i I, I see almost no chance that Amari Cooper plays. I don't think he practiced either Wednesday or Thursday. Um, they got a bye coming up. I just, I can't see him playing. So I'm basically assuming that he's going to be out. And I think that that drastically changes what the Cowboys offense looks like. As we saw essentially in the first, what, seven games of last season, they're not anywhere near the same team. I Do we know whether or not Lel Collins and... um. Tyron Smith are going to play here on the offensive line. Have they practiced yet?
1: Yeah, they're both questionable, but leaning towards not playing. So, okay. I mean, it's yeah. trending in that way as we as we record this here on, you know, way before the, the, the week begins, but on a Thursday, but they're trending towards not playing. It's not good for the injuries right now for the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, especially um, if they don't play. Forget about it because... The one thing the Eagles can do, their defense has been banged up, but they can stop the run. They've been stopping the mm. run all year. You can pass on them. But right now, if you're going to take away Amari Cooper, if you're going to weaken that offensive line for the Cowboys, as it has been in recent weeks, then I just don't see them really being able to move the ball all that well. Um, you know, and the the Eagles are starting to get a little healthier in their secondary. I don't know whether or not um, all the injured guys are going to come back yet. But in the end, I'm 100% on board with you in this one, the fact that it's two and a half now not three does not matter to me I agree I think they win this game outright I mean it gets me a little you know worried being in Dallas it's prime time but overall Mm -hmm. I'm with you as are the experts on our site 67 percent uh are with Philly on this one so uh, we're in agreement on that one I'm gonna start with an over under uh, and that is the Saints and Bears under 38 and a half now our guest Jared Smola said last week that he could not even envision a number that could be high enough for him to not grab the over in the Falcons Cardinals game. I kind of feel the same way about the under here. I mean, you can drop it down to 30 and I'd be like, well, yeah, maybe I, I could see it going. <laughs> I mean, you've got obvious injury concerns on on both sides here, right? Alvin Kamara. Mispractice again today. He is dealing with both a high ankle sprain and a knee injury. And Mitchell Trubisky for the Bears might come back from a shoulder injury, but you've got certainly some chance for re-injury, even if he does. And I'm not even convinced that he's necessarily an upgrade over Chase Daniel at this point. But regardless, this pick is not rocket science, okay? You've got two teams with extremely strong defenses. The Bears are coming off a bye following a game in which the defense played extremely poorly against the Raiders in London. They've lost to Keem Hicks. That is a big loss. Given how badly, though, that they were gashed by Jacobs, a lot because Hicks was out, but you know that they're going to put much more of an emphasis on stopping the run here. Even if Kamara plays, he's not going to be 100%. I don't trust that Latavius Murray is going to be able to do all that much. And with the pass rush, I mean, the Bears can get to the quarterback with the best of of any team. They've got an 8.2% sack rate this year. They're best in the league with a 34.1% QB pressure percentage. And Bridgewater is going to come back down to earth. He's gonna keep continue to need to check down every game except for that stupid Bucks game where they just aired it out because that's <laughs> the way you attack them. The Bears defense is gonna be ready for all these checkdowns, and I, I get that the Saints put up 31 points against the Buck. Other than that, with Bridgewater, the offense has put up 19 points against the Seahawks. They put up more with you know turnovers and defense and stuff, but the offense 19 points, 12 points against the Cowboys. 13 points against the Jaguars. I just cannot see them moving the ball or putting up points. And on the flip side, the Saints defense is really strong. 11th best against the pass, 14th best against the run, but they've been pretty dominant against the ground game since Sheldon Rankins came back. So I don't really expect the Bears to be able to move much with David Montgomery. And the passing game, I mean, come on. it's, It's just... Allen Robinson is the only bright spot. He's going to draw Marshawn Lattimore. The Saints get to the quarterback. They're third in QB pressure percentage. It's a defensive game. It's in Chicago. It seems pretty obvious to me. I mean, thirty-eight and a half and a half is a low number, but for me, I'm, I don't really think it's going to come close to that, so I'll take the under on thirty-eight and a half. Hmm. My number two? Yeah, go for number two. Go for it.
1: All right, so my number two here, and I have a, I just have to get one of these Texans picks right. Because I have been getting these games wrong with the Texans, but I always feel like I've got the right narrative. I always feel like I've got the right stats to back it up. I feel like I'm looking at the game correctly, and then something happens in the Texans for some crazy way they're able to cover. I'm gonna go with the Colts and the Texans here. And look, the line opened up two and a half. It's kind of swung around. I'm not sure where you guys have a consensus, but let's just play it. Colt minus one, right? It's pretty much that's where it that is. J- that's the consensus. Okay, yeah, clear. that's where it is. Yeah. General, I don't know where that number is. So here, historically speaking, the Colts coming off of a buy have not been great. But this is a different type of Colts team. And I think they needed to get T.Y. Hilton and they needed to get Mack healthy. And I believe both those guys are going to benefit a ton for having the extra time off to get them ready to go for this game. The Texans are coming off an incredibly emotional win against Kansas City. And I am not. Look, I'm from Andover, Massachusetts. I'm not so far from where you're from. Bill O'Brien's from Andover, Massachusetts. So maybe I'm I'm blinded by that saying I'm not a very big Bill O'Brien fan, but I never really have been a big Bill O'Brien fan as a head coach. And I don't think this team can go back-to-back with weeks and get monster victories on the road like this I think the Colts off of a bye come and get a big victory so far this year they're three one and one against the spread this is a team that can run the football I think they can take advantage of the other of things that the Texans defense doesn't do great they've got to protect the football but I'm a Jacoby Brissett has played really really well and they are a different team when they've got T.Y. Hilton healthy he should be healthy for this football game I like the Colts' money line, minus one, doesn't really matter. I think the Colts at home win this football game and beat the Texans. I I promise you, I don't just blindly agree
0: with our guest picks uh, when they come (laughs) on. But 100%, I'm with you. I I assume, are you in the Westgate Super Contest? I I don't know if you are, but you i I'm in the Circa,
1: yeah. Okay, the Circa,
0: yeah. All right, so I'm in the Super Contest. I guarantee I'm not going to guarantee, I guess, because I like to do mine really on Friday when I go through. But I'm sure these are going to be both the ones you named are going to be two of my picks because I I really, really like both of them. Um, Yeah. I mean, the Texans, the Texans are great. I think the the injuries, uh, you know, to the offensive line that they just sustained this past weekend is going to hurt a little bit. But either way. Yeah, this is. This is a different team, man. The, the Colts are you know off a bye. They're getting healthy. Darius Leonard has cleared the concussion protocol. That makes a huge difference in the run game. And and I like the Texans. What I love about the Colts, and I mean they're they're so incredibly well coached. Okay. They they've got great, you know, they've got great personnel. They've got a, a fantastic offensive line. They're very solid on defense. But, you know, against the Chiefs, they totally switched it up and played man, right? I mean, they're like mm-hmm. more of a zone team, and they, they switched it up and played man. I think they can go back to zone here. They can kind of make Make Deshaun Watson beat them by, by sort of taking away the deep stuff. But I think this game sets up well for them in addition to the fact that, yeah, the Texans are coming off like a huge – you know, victory that that takes a lot out of a team like that yeah. when they do it, and they got another road game coming up. The Colts coming off a bye, so I agree. I was surprised because, like you said, this number has moved all over the place. I, I yeah. did see it at two point five earlier in the week. I don't know where it opened two point five.
1: With, yeah, it opened, it opened at two point five. Yeah, and then it went. It swung at some books all the way the Houston minus one, and pretty much the consensus here in Vegas is that the number is going to that the public's going to come in on whatever team is the underdog. So we'll see, kind of, you know, how much. Professional money we see come in on this game and whether it swings it to, you know, to Houston because of what happened last week and the week before where they scored 53 points. You know, the, the metrics are all pointing upwards in 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 a great trajectory for the texans given what they've done with their offense and scoring 20 points in the second quarter against the chiefs at arrowhead last week was pretty impressive so a lot of people kind of looking at that going all right you know this team is trending in the right direction but i i just think this is a classic Um, i sold high last week on tech on the texans and got it wrong i'm gonna sell high again on the texans and and think that the colts are going to use that time off wisely and be able to get a very big victory in the AFC South. And, you know, it's interesting because you look at the game, you talked about the the new Orleans Chicago game and how defensive minded that both teams are And Trubisky is a guy that I don't trust. And, and I, I mean, I don't, 100% trust Jacoby Brissett yet, but I'm getting closer and closer to feeling like Brissett's a guy that week in week out. I kind of know what he's going to do, and I kind of feel like what he you know he's going to be able to move the football. And if not, they're going to hand the ball off, and that great offensive line is going to be able to move the ball pretty much on anybody. So, so one thing the Bears really don't have is a dominant offensive line to spill, you know, to get to spell Mitchell Trubisky when he's out there running around for his life and making mistakes like crazy. So, you know, it's the thing that Bridgewater brings to the table for New Orleans, which is so great that you have Alvin Kamara. but not just that you've got his ability to pick up first downs and roll out when he when he needs to and then run when he has to as well so i mean both those defenses are going to feast and i talked to a writer on my on my show pushing the odds who covers the saints from new orleans saints.com and he said that there's talk in the locker room for new orleans that they want to be the number one ranked defense in the nfl and over the last couple of weeks they're playing like it so playing the bears there's sort of this you know Here we go. We're going to show you that, look, the Raider game wasn't a fluke. You guys aren't as good as everyone says you are, but we're the real dominant team in the NFC defensively. So I I can't wait to see Chicago and the Saints play that game because it could be 10-3 at the final. Oh man, well
0: thanks for coming back to that game because I was worried when you were just like, Yeah, that's good. Let's move on to the next
1: pick. you were like, nah, that's a terrible pick. I don't uh, even I'm want to do that. I'm learning the way the you do your podcast. I'm learning. Everyone's podcast is different. Right. So I'm getting in the flow of right. how you do it.
0: <laughs> you don't have to worry about it, man. We can move right on to the next one. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, usually we you know, usually somebody comments on, on what it was, but it was alright. You wanted to get right into your pick, which I love anyway. So it's good. I'm glad we were right into it. So it sounds like we're on board here. This one I don't know. I think we may be a little different on this one. I don't like the big spreads. I I generally just, you know, I don't feel comfortable taking a favorite, the big spread, particularly on the road. But I'm going to take the 49ers, which is now down to nine, laying nine to the Redskins. Now, this was 10 when I checked it uh, on Monday. So you... Probably have some money coming in on the Redskins, I would assume, but not that much from what I'm yeah, looking nobody at. I nobody mean, in pop-
1: Vegas is at nine. So wherever you're getting nine, that's good, because nine and all a half right. it's nine and a half here. So that's good to, to get it at nine.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at nine. Oh yeah, it's I mean, it's all over the place when I'm looking. The consensus odds are at nine. It's still at ten at Points Bet. Um it's at nine and a half on FanDuel. Everywhere else that I'm looking at right here has it at nine. Um William,
1: William Hill's ten. <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: See. All right. I'll see this nine. Song, I know yeah. value when I see it. I've got it all. Yeah. Now, I, even a ten, frankly, I would still. I would still take it. I think. I mean, my, I look. You have to always be concerned about a backdoor cover anytime you have a number this high but I just it's difficult for me to see the game being that close I get like the only things there are the fact that the 49ers are coming off a monstrous win against the Rams so that might take a little out of them and they're coming east I I get it I get it but the defense is completely legitimate and they're going to destroy Case Keenum they've got a 10% sack rate third best in football the Redskins offensive line is terrible the 49ers allow nothing Through the air. They're best in yards per attempt and completion percentage. They allowed 150.2 passing yards per game. So, you know, Terry McLaurin's going to get some catches. The 49ers are going to play zone a lot, but they're not going to be able to sustain drives through the air against this defense, nor are they going to be able to move the ball well on the ground. The 49ers haven't allowed a touchdown to a running back. They allow fewer than four yards per carry. Chris Thompson's dealing with turf toe. He may miss the game, and Wendell Smallwood is not nearly as good an option if they've got to check down. They're just, they're second in total defense. They're dominant on the defensive end. On the flip side, the Washington defense is pretty terrible and jimmy garoppolo has not lit up the stat sheet but he just hasn't needed to he hasn't attempted more than 33 passes because the 49ers are winning easily the redskins allow a 72 percent completion percentage they're not much better on the ground they're 28th in the league they allow 134 rushing yards per game part of that is the fact that they are always behind and the opposing team just runs the ball but they're 28th in points allowed the 49ers gain 408 yards per game fourth in the league they put up 29.4 points per game that's third in the league I get it. The cross country trip. I get it. They just had this sort of, you know, emotional giant win over the Rams. This is not anything that I think is going to be remotely close. I think the 49ers completely blow them out of the water. And even laying nine, I'm willing to do it. You can now, Matt, go ahead and talk
1: about that pick and tell me <laughs> why I'm wrong. I don't think you're wrong. It's scary, but I don't think you're wrong. See, here's the thing with the 49ers. And I I talked on my show all summer long about different teams whose win total I thought was too low. And the 49ers were one of the teams at eight wins. I thought that was ridiculous. I thought that was if they stayed healthy, as long as Garoppolo stayed healthy and they kept one of their two running backs upright, that they were going to be able to run the football and move the ball. And then if their defensive line, which has five first-round picks on it, could just play the way that they're supposed to play, that this defense was going to be something. And I have them, I have them winning the NFC West, and I have them at 10 wins. So I didn't think they'd open up 5-0, and mind you. So at some point, they're going to stub their toe. But this is kind of like the Patriots and the schedule that the Patriots have had. It's just kind of layup city. And when you're playing a team like Washington that has Bill Callahan as the head coach, and what's remarkable is that people aren't talking nearly enough about how much of a jerk Bill Callahan is and everything he's done to change. I covered him at Nebraska when he was the head coach there, and they hated the guy. He does things that are not player-friendly. Jay Gruden was the ultimate player-friendly coach. Here comes Callahan. He shuts off pract- our music at practice. He makes them w- run wind sprints. He's changing, the, you know, the locker room culture in a way. But y- you can't do that mid season because all the guys that were brought in are expecting to go and play for Jay Gruden, not Bill Callahan. So that's why I love the Dolphins last week at plus three and a half. And I thought the team would actually lay down and lose on purpose. There's no way they're going to want to bash their head against that 49er defensive line and go hard here. I don't care which of the three quarterbacks the Redskins are going to play. They're not going to score or move the football on the 49ers. So to me, it, it, it's it's a, I, I, I would look to the 49ers team total and see what that is at kickoff and, and see if that number is somewhat reasonable because they're going to score score. It's just a matter of backdoor covers and a matter of late game touchdowns when the the scrubs are in for the 49ers, but I'm not afraid of it too much, laying double digits even here. The Redskins are absolute trash, and the 49ers are, are a legitimate team. And even if they're handing the ball, and, not, ball and, and just running the football in the second half, they're still going to move the football, and they're still going to score points against that Redskins defense. So I don't hate it at all, and and I think the Redskins are, if they win another game the rest of the year, I mean, I'd be somewhat surprised. I mean, 1-15 in 15 is very possible for that Redskins team.
0: I can't believe that you were on the 49ers 10 wins in, in the preseason. I was not yeah. anywhere close to that. I, I did not expect them to be good. And it took me a long time to buy into them now. I mean, honestly, I mean, I had the Rams last week, and I thought that was going to be a spot where they were going to show up um, and, and kind of, you know, in a game that they really had to win and do it. But, you yeah, know, uh, yeah, I was on I'm the Rams.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I was I was on the Rams last week, but I, I, because I think there's a game here that we're gonna the 49ers are running away with the West. I, I just I know the Seahawks are there, but I mean I mean it's it's a team that you look at and you're like, hmm. I mean their schedule, they're winning games you don't expect them to win. They're going on the road. They're beating the Rams. It's like wow, like what this is really kind of surprising. They're- pounding the Browns. I mean, it's just it's sort of surprising when you kind of break it down and realize how good they've been this early in the year. So, I thought they win 10 games, but I didn't expect, expect them to come out of the gate this fast. And look, if you go through their their defensive line and Bosa has been playing incredibly well for them, that you know, this number 2 pick overall in the last draft, but they've got four other guys who were first-round picks. The draft capital they have invested in their defensive line is ridiculous. So, it's like okay, about time these guys are playing this well. And Richard Sherman's playing decent in the back end. And so it's just when you have a front like this with this much talent, guys who are six foot seven that, you know, shorter quarterbacks can't see over. I mean, Armstead and the rest of the guys, I mean, I I, I really, if they stayed healthy, I was really high in the 49ers this year. And I mean, if it's Patriots 49ers in Miami, it will not surprise me in, at all. If that's what it winds up being.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, You know, you have to assume it's going to be either them or the Saints at this point, but the 49ers are absolutely legitimate and they'd be a really, really scary team if they made it. All right, let's move on to your third pick. What do you got for me?
1: All right. I am going to make everybody who is from New England angry and I'm taking the Patriots and the Jets game as my third play. And I'm going to really hope CJ Mosley plays. And I hope the extra day allows him to play. And if he can go, I like this pick even more. But even without him, I'm going to take the points here. And if you're going to play this game, wait for the public money to push this back to 10. It's nine, nine and a half right now for Patriots on the road on Monday night football. I love it at 10. If you see it at 10, hammer it, jump on it. There's a couple of reasons why one. This is the second time the Patriots and the Jets have played each other. So the Jets have seen the Patriots offense. The Patriots offensive line is not great. And they're going to blitz Brady like crazy. This is going to be similar to the Buffalo Bills game, in my opinion. The Patriots are going to try to run the ball and get the hell out of there. They don't need to win that game by a lot. They don't need to blow the Jets out. And as Sam Donald comes back, the entire team is different for the Jets. We saw it last week against the Cowboys. He just changes everything for them. It makes you know average players C-level receivers become B-level receivers and B become A. And it, just, it affects everyone. They're going to get after this offensive line for the Patriots, and they're going to get after their their wide receivers. I mean, the Patriots, you look at their numbers. Yep, it's impressive, but their schedule has been a joke, okay? Let's be frank. I'm a Patriot fan. Who they've played, it's been Cupcake City. We'll see what they do on the road against the Ravens coming up, and then they've got their bye, and then they have four incredibly difficult games after their bye week. So this is a typical Belichick game where he's going to hand the ball off, run the ball, get out of town. Patriots win the game. I'm not saying they're losing. But I don't believe they're going to cover a double-digit spread on the road. I I like home teams catching points in prime time. And if you're going to give me 10, I'm almost automatically going to take the dog without even looking at the teams. This is being a divisional game. Jets playing for pride. Sam Darnold coming back in this game. Patriots defense is very, very good. I understand that but I don't think this is a high-scoring game. I don't hate a play on the under here as well on the game, but I'm going to take the Jets plus the 10 on Monday Night Football.
0: Yeah, I I am a Jets fan, so I, I'm going to admit that. I'm from Queens, <laughs> so uh, I, I, it's all right. I mean, there, there's like seven of us still left uh, around, but I live in New England, so obviously my life is terrible. Um, but <laughs> I, I will say this. I, I probably don't have enough to bet it. But I agree with you. I, I do uh, the under as well. By the way, on both both counts, yes, I completely. Agree. First of all, I believe Josh Gordon was ruled out mm-hmm. already yeah. um, earlier this evening. Um, I'm almost positive Mosley's going to play. Um, he he was at practice he was doing mostly individual drills today but I was watching videos of him he looked great I'm sure they've kind of been eyeing this game right. regardless of, of what's going on because you know it's the Patriots of course and yeah I agree look the Pats just the offense does not look the defense is great it, it it's totally legitimate I I get that they haven't played too many strong offenses but the defense 100 percent legitimate but the Jets defense surprisingly is Pretty good. The front seven is really good. They stop the run. They get to the quarterback, um, especially with Mosley there. He's going to be able, you know, to improve their run defense. They're weak in the secondary other than Jamal Adams. The cornerbacks are not great. But, you know, that's not, you know, the Pats at this point. That's the thing. They don't have these dominant receivers right now at all. You know, it's Mm. basically Edelman. You've got Gordon who hasn't, you know, has been nicked up the whole year. And he's going to miss this game. So, you know, whether or not Dorsett comes back, um, you know, whoever they're going to wind up throwing out there. I agree, man. I just do not see this as a game that the Patriots are going to smash them at all, as much as you know they want to because of the history you know, and Belichick sort of does it. I agree. In this instance, I think they just want to get out of there. They just yeah. want to get out of there without getting too beat up um, and take the win. And I agree that they probably will. But with that many points at home on Monday night, the crowd's going to be crazy. Everybody's going to be excited. And I agree with you completely in Darnold. I-, I have been really annoyed. Um, at people who have drawn any conclusions whatsoever about the Jets with Luke Falk at quarterback. It's not like people were were making these grand proclamations, but I love Darnold coming into the year. I thought he really showed a lot of growth last year. He's looked great so far. I mean, you know, the game against Buffalo, you realize how good that defense is now that we've seen them in several games, um, but he looked great last week. So I agree with you, man. That's that's a lot of points to to be getting at home on Monday night. So uh, I yeah, agree with you. It's at nine point five in our consensus, but uh, I'm with you.
1: If it can get to ten and even nine and a half, I don't hit it either. I, I mean, you know, Patrick Chung left the game last week with a chest injury. He had already been dealing with with a, a heel injuries. Now he's got two, and he's a main a main cog in that back seven for the Patriots. And and, and Darnold had a couple of big plays. Against the Cowboys last week. I mean, you know, this is they play at home against the Browns next week. The Patriots do and then they play on the road against the Ravens to get to the bye week. And the Patriots, I think, are just going to try to get to the bye they're going to I mean, they might be undefeated when they get to the bye, but it, it wouldn't be crazy to me if, if they're eight and one when they get there. Yeah. And I mean, this they always lose one game in the AFC East. They always go. It's rare. They go six and oh, they always go five and one. And they always it's usually
0: in Miami. Right. Against the Dolphins. Right. right. It's at
1: Miami or it's at Buffalo. Now they've got wins in both those places already. So maybe it's the Jets here and, and the Jets get the victory against the Patriots. And I, I, I've been telling people who say, like, would you bet the Patriots going 16 and no? And I'm like, absolutely Not, I mean, Belichick literally said it with Dick Saban a couple of weeks ago that he was he wished in in 07 that they had lost a game. So they're not going to try for sixteen and zero if he's already saying we screwed up in 07 by trying to go for undefeated and go nineteen and zero. So they're they're not interested in that. They just want another championship ring. And you know, Brady, you pressure him as we know. You pressure him. You make a move in the pocket, and that's how you you stop this Patriot offense. And frankly, they miss Gronkowski. I mean, it's just it's obvious that they miss uh, an over the middle. Big body guy in the red zone, and they've got three good running backs, but it depends. I mean, it really it's either beholder with Sony Michelle because he doesn't break tackles. He's great in the open field, but he's not a between the tackles runner. And Rex Burkhead was nicked up and he, he, he's got a foot injury and he's questionable for this game. James White is not a guy who's going to run hard in between the tackles. He's is not big enough. So, you know, you just start looking at the Patriots offense against that Jets defense. And you're thinking, huh, are they going to be able to score enough? to cover a double-digit line, and I I just don't see it. I mean, I I could easily see this game being like a 14-10 final where the Patriots are just lucky to get the victory.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you, honestly, on on all accounts. I think it's not a great matchup for what the Pats are able to do on offense um, at this point. I think, you know, with the Jets, you really need kind of an elite wide receiver because they don't really have that elite shutdown cornerback. And, you know, the Pats, you know, Edelman's not that guy in that sense. So I agree with you. I'm with you uh, on both that. And again, I would bet the under on this one as well. For my final pick, I am going to go with the Bills and the Dolphins under 40 and a half points. I used to avoid all Dolphins lines and that won me money last week when I actually took them so now I love them but realistically I, I think the Bills need maybe two defensive scores here if they're going to hit the over I, I've talked a few times this season about the Bills defense and I talked about it earlier today it's completely legitimate they've allowed the fourth fewest points the third fewest yards They're third against the pass Tredavious White and Levi Wallace are playing really well at cornerback Tremaine Edwins Matt Milano have been great in coverage out of linebackers I mean Milano may not play but it's not that huge a deal Micah High, Jordan Poirier, they can really—they can rush the passer, they get pressure, they're very difficult to throw on. Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to start, and that doesn't make me feel, that doesn't have any impact, frankly, on, on how I view the game, because I, I really don't know what to expect from either Fitzmagic or Josh Rosen at this point. But, the, you know, the Dolphins allow 4.6x per game, that's third worst in the NFL, he's going to be running for his life. They're set, you know. They they they're terrible at running the ball. They never give Kenyon Drake the ball to the extent, you know. They do obviously. Um, you know, Kalen Balazs gets the goal line touches. You know, won't whatever. But on the other side, the Dolphins' defense is terrible. But the Bills <laughs> know they're going to be able to win this game without needing to pile up a ton of points, right? I mean, they only put up 18 points per game. Their run game is their strength. Miami allows the second most rushing yards per game. They'll probably get Devin Singletary back here. Opposing offenses average more than 31 carries a game against the Dolphins. So I think this is just going to be a game where the Bills kind of take their time. They run the ball all the time, long drives, keep the clock moving. I don't think they're going to give up much on defense. So I think the Bills have hit their under, if I'm not mistaken, on every single game that they've played so far this year. I think they do it again here. I'll take the under over here at 41.
1: See, this is hard because I I'm petrified of what Miami if Miami gets 14 points, you might be in trouble. So, yeah,
0: that's a bet though I'm willing to risk. I mean, at this I mean maybe not, but 14 points, you know, that's the thing like they scored uh, what they get sixteen I guess when they went for two last week. Is that what they lost? Seventeen, sixteen 17, against 16, the yeah. 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 And that and was, was its magic In just the... kind of coming back all the way at the end, man. This is the Bills defense. I don't really see them being able to get two touchdowns. I understand. You're absolutely right. I don't see them being able to get two touchdowns honestly.
1: Yeah, I mean they've scored uh so far this year in totality they have scored 32 points if my math is right. So yeah, the Dolphins offense has <laughs> not done very much, but I like Fitzpatrick. I thought he sh- he should have just been the starter the whole time. He's not working with a whole heck of a lot. I just worry about garbage time if the Bills are up 30 to nothing. You know, do do they care about stopping Miami if they put in a couple of ridiculous end of the game touchdowns? Yeah. I I actually and I have to look at this. I was trying to find it while you were talking, and I don't think it's out yet. But the the, the team total prop for, Buff- for, for Buffalo, what it might be, and I think if it's somewhere in the neighborhood, if you think if the you know just guessing what the what the books are going to put it at with you know you're talking about a total here of forty one, my guess is the Bills are going to have a some team total somewhere around thirty one would be my guess, maybe thirty. Four somewhere in, in in that range, and I might look at the implied team total for the Bills and and play the under on mm-hmm. on what the what the implied team total of the Bills would be because I just don't think Dolphin Dolphins can score. But if you set the line at forty one, you're going to have to put the Bills number at pretty high. So that's one one angle I might look to play and and kind of eliminate the Dolphins altogether and not worry about what they're going to do to the total and just take the under on Buffalo, but. It's going to be an ugly football game for sure. I mean, it's 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 yeah. an absolute no play for me on, on pretty much every on every aspect.
0: Yeah, I don't want the spread whatsoever, which is <laughs> 17 at this point. I don't want anywhere <laughs> near there. I mean, the Dolphins, these giant spreads just make me nervous. I did say 41. I think actually the consensus is 40 and a half now. Okay. But I, that uh, that does not change uh, how I want it. Yeah, I, I honestly... I think the game could easily go over if the Bills want it to. And again, it's I you know, you think about that Bengals game where they were ahead the entire game and then the Bengals just came storming back in the last quarter when the Bills, you know, they they could have lost that game, of course, but they kind of, you know, took their foot off the gas a little bit. So that could certainly happen here, but I just honestly, I, I don't see the Dolphins having enough to be able to do it but uh, you know you make a fair point and i like that you know we can disagree because we've basically just been like yes everything right, correct, right. of course <laughs> i love it so well so that's I mean, fine. all right
1: just to, to, to back you up the bills are yeah. five and oh with the under so far in their game that's what i said right, right? So, yeah, yeah they so.
0: have not they've hit on the under every single time it, it just strikes me as I, as much as they could i think they're more than happy to just run frank Gore all day long get yeah. singletary back sort of into the fold let's just control the clock the clock will bleed and then before you know it the game will be over and they'll be at you know 30 three points or something like that but all right let's recap here matt you like the eagles plus two and a half or three against the cowboys yep the colts laying one to the texans Mm. and the jets getting 10 or even nine and a half you're willing to go hopefully uh from the patriots which i like of course as a jets fan Uh, i'm gonna take the bears and saints under 38 and a half the 49ers laying nine to the redskins and the bills and dolphins under 40 and a half so there you go there are the pick six Now, before we move on, I want to tell everyone about the sponsor of today's show, BetMGM. You know about BetMGM already, and in particular, the BetMGM sports app, because it's the easiest and best way to place a bet if you are in the state of New Jersey. Just search for and download the BetMGM sports app on your phone or visit BetMGM.com, sign up for an account, and you can place a bet right from your home. And if you sign up right now, you basically have essentially a guaranteed shot to earn $100 in winnings. Here's the deal. When you download the BetMGM Sports app and you sign up using our promo code Harris, that's my last name, Harris, then if you place a $1 Moneyline bet on the 49ers to beat the Redskins and the 49ers win, you will get $100 in winnings. You just heard me pick the 49ers giving 9 points to the Redskins. This is a Moneyline bet. All the 49ers need to do is win the game and you can turn your $1 bet into $100 in winnings. And BetMGM offers awesome boosted bets like this from time to time, so you definitely need to sign up for an account, use the promo code HARRIS, and start basically getting free money. You must be 21 years or older, and although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a sports bet. Visit BetMGM.com for the full list of terms and conditions, and if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Matt, let's move on to It's a Trap, where we list a line that we are avoiding. Go ahead and start us off.
1: (laughs) Well, the game I'm gonna avoid is the Arizona Cardinals on the road at the New York Giants. So there are two big questionable players in this game, and they're maybe the biggest name players in the game outside of Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones, the two rookie quarterbacks. You got David Johnson who is probable, Saquon Barkley, who is probable, but both most likely will not be a hundred percent going into this game. Arizona's coming off of a one-point victory at home against the Falcons, and Kyler Murray was was named the NFC player of the offensive of player of the week last week because of what he did that offense is starting to come around however their defense is still absolutely horrendous the Giants against bad defenses have been you know okay they put 24 points up against the Redskins this season I'm not going anywhere near this game for the Giants and the Cardinals it may be highly entertaining I can make a case for either side to win this game but Giants laying the three I'm avoiding 100% Hundred percent agree.
0: As usual. I'm sorry that I hate to do that, but I, I completely agree. The Cardinals I don't know at all. I, I I took the Falcons laying two and a half um against the Cardinals last time because I, I just I could not get out of my head that I am not gonna trust Cliff Kingsbury in a game with two offenses that are going to be able to move the ball and two defenses that can't stop anyone. I just sort of felt like the Falcons would come out and here. I just kind of feel like the same. I don't know. I I do not know what to do. I imagine, like you said, both Barkley and Johnson are going to play. Ingram sounds like he's going to play as well, uh, which will the Giants shepherd sounds a little bit less certain at this point, but either way, I don't know. I have no idea what to do with this line. And there are a bunch of teams that I feel that way about, including the team that I am picking right now in the line to avoid, and that is the Titans laying two to the Chargers. I joked last week about putting the Titans here each and every week, and I pretty much meant it. I mean, I'm not actually going to do it, but for this week, absolutely. These are two teams, the Titans and the Chargers, that I do not understand at, at all, and forget about putting in Ryan Tannehill over Marcus Mariota. They're basically, that's like an even swap. To me, it's much more about that I don't know which version of either of these teams is showing up on any given week. The Titans defense is legitimate, but the offense is pretty abysmal. And the Chargers are an overwhelming disappointment. The offensive line is in total shambles. The defense has played poorly and been injured. Both teams are desperate for a win, and I have absolutely no idea... How to view this game there's no line that i would be able to look at and say yeah this feels about right to me because i feel confident in picking one or the other at this point if i had to gun to my head if i had to probably the titans just because it seems difficult to see how the Chargers are going to protect philip rivers but it's much more about the psyche of both of these teams and i have no idea what to do so for me i'm avoiding
1: the titans laying two to the Chargers. i'm hating on the titans for the rest of the year because i bet them the last two weeks and I thought I had it right on both occasions. I thought I was going to see the tickets cash. And, and unfortunately, even last week when it was three nothing on the road at Denver, I'm just watching Marcus Mariota miss so many open receivers. I don't blame them benching him. I think that was the right call with how well their defense plays. They get after the quarterback, but I don't know what to make of the Chargers to save my life either. I've lost money betting on the Chargers this year. I, I bet them against the Denver Broncos and that that didn't work out well. And I had them against the uh, I had them against the Steelers last weekend, that didn't didn't work out well. I mean, again, the narrative last week for me was teams that had to to win who are at home. uh, I thought, okay, with under a touchdown line, that they were going to be able to do it. And almost across the board, it was an outright loss for those teams last week. So, Uh, When when you paint a picture and the picture goes against you in every single way, that's how you wind up with the week that I had last week, which was just kind of ducking cover. But I can't trust the Chargers either. I can't trust the Titans either. I I think they made the right decision here. I don't like Ryan Tannehill. I couldn't stand him at the Dolphins with the Dolphins. But I, I think it's the right move because he looked at least competent throwing the football and comfortable throwing the ball down the field.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I hated the Titans in the preseason. It was because I just, I could never back Marcus Mariota at all. So I, I'm fine to make that switch at this point. There are a bunch of teams, by the way, that I will put in this bucket of no, because I every time I bet them, I bet wrong. The Bucks are another team. I have no sense of what the Bucks are going to do on any given week. I've been wrong in them like four straight weeks, just sort of being like, yeah, there's a game. Here they come. They're going to bounce back and then nothing. And then they, they go crazy against the Rams. So Titans are definitely in that. So I'm avoiding the Titans laying two to the Chargers, you are avoiding the Cardinals getting three from the Giants. All right, let us move on to our final segment, Top Prop, where we list our top player prop, of the week. Matt, go ahead and start us off.
1: Sure. I'm going to go back to the Monday nighter here and kind of stay with the narrative for that Jets defense being able to control the Patriots and the Patriots coming into the game just wanting to run the football. I'm going to go under Tom Brady completions of 24 and a half. Now it's minus 110 so it's not really heavily juiced up, but I just think that Jets defense is going to be able to slow that Patriots offense down and I think the Patriots want to run the football and basically get the heck out of there. Against the Buffalo Bills, Brady only had 18 completions. I think we could see a very Similar number here. I'd be surprised if Brady gets into the 20s just because of this desire to not have Brady be sitting back there like a duck, allowing this defensive line and linebackers to blitz Brady and get after the quarterback. So I think the Patriots are going to really try to run the ball, limit Brady, and not throw the football a lot. So I like Brady under 24 and a half completions on Monday night.
0: So I don't hate that. My only thing is that my guess is when they do pass, it's going to be a lot of short passes like it's going to be a lot of things to James White and stuff like that because they're not going to want to let Brady gets sit there and I don't know whether or not they're going to be able to run the ball all that well I think they're going to play a conservative game they'll be able to win and stuff like that my only concern with that like whatever the yardage prop is I would probably go under that because I don't see a big throwing game or anything like that but my worry with that one would be that I could see a lot of just kind of dump-offs, quick passes, quick, you know, things like that, where the completion number sort of piles up mm-hmm. without the yards. You know what I'm saying? Yeah,
1: they didn't put a yards number up, for I think, for that very reason. I think that, as of right now, I, I'm looking at the Westgate here in Las yep. Vegas for, for player props, and they don't have a Brady prop. They've got a Brady touchdowns uh, for one and a half, and they've got uh, and Brady completions. I, I just, I get your point about the dink and dunk, and it starts to yep. add up for for the Patriots, but the, I just I don't think they want want to put Brady into the position where all of a sudden, you know, if Edelman's not a hundred percent and we know he's a little bit nicked up, they double team the slot, take away that guy. I mean, it's Dorsett, it's Jacoby Myers. It's, you know, if there's no Josh Gordon, I just don't know who Brady throws to. I just, I just don't think that they have a receiving core and maybe it's James White coming out of the backfield and they run a bunch of, a bunch of screen passes to the running backs. But I, I I'm concerned about the Patriot offense on Monday night. I think all of that is fair. I am going to take Leonard Fournette,
0: Over 125 yards rushing, and it's plus 250. So that's obviously where we're going here. I don't necessarily think that the odds are going for, for him to go over there, but this is a perfect situation, right? It's a game in which the Jaguars are favored. Fournette gets all of the carries. You know, he's giving a couple now to Rock Armstead, but barely any. the Bengals allow 184 and a half yards per game on the ground. Fournette has averaged 24 carries over his last three games. He's averaging 5.1 yards per carry on the season, including games against the Saints and the Titans, two teams that are good against the run. He is just going to get fed a whole lot here. And if he sees his normal volume of carries, he has a good shot to go over this mark. So given the fact that it's plus 250, I'm going to take that all day
1: long. Yeah, I don't hate that at all. I mean, I, I, and I, I think also the the narrative that we're talking about is is on point because of you know Garner meets you and and, and let's kind of see what this offense the, the 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 hype has I don't want to say worn off a little bit, but I, th- I think people are starting to figure out what he is and what he can and cannot do and. I mean, that offensive is good enough. I, I think the Jaguars, just based off the Jalen Ramsey trade, I think they're going to want to come out and prove a point. And, and I think you're going to get a, the good version of the Jaguars. There's kind of two different versions of that team right now. I think you'll get the good version of the Jaguars. And a lot of times that means slamming the ball down the opposing team's throat.
0: Yeah. I don't actually love them laying three and a half. I'm a little sort of, you know, I'm a little torn on it um, with, with uh, what it's going to be because I just have the weird feeling that the Bengals are going to come out and keep this game competitive, but I do think that regardless... They're going to run the ball. The Jaguars are going to run the See, ball nonstop.
1: I hate, the, Bengal. I hate yeah. the Bengals. I hate the Bengals. I, I, and maybe this is going back to the Bill Callahan hate, but I was covering Nebraska when Zach Taylor was the quarterback for the Huskers, and the fact that that dude is a is a head coach, and the average age of his coaching staff is thirty seven. You know, as I mentioned in the preseason, I was telling you ten losses or ten wins for, uh, for the 49ers. in in July. I was standing on tables telling everybody that the Bengals were going to be competing for the first pick in the draft, that they were going to be yeah. absolutely awful. And the, the number was six. And I was saying just hammer the under on the Bengals team total because they're not a good football team. And if they get off to a rough start, which they did because their schedule was really, relatively tough, there's no coach on that staff that has any experience pulling teams out of tailspins. And A.J. Green should never play another down for the Bengals for the rest of his career. He should pull a Jalen Ramsey. Just say, I'm not playing, guys. Get me the hell out of here. Sorry, Andy Dalton. I know you need me, but I want no part of being a po- – being around this dumpster fire, why they decided to hire a 36 year old head coach just because he had been close to Sean McVay made absolutely no sense after Marvin Lewis was there for so long and he had so much stability in that head coaching position. It was a it was the worst hire of the year to go get Zach Taylor and it was the latest if you remember it was the last of all the McVay guys they went and got and they gave the head coaching job to somebody who had never been a head coach anywhere ever it's just such a stupid typical Bengals move to hire a guy like that and I I fade them I I have no problem betting against them every single week because I just I don't think they're any good
0: man Matt you are bringing the fire and I love it <laughs> I I've I've gone with the Bengals a couple of times because on the road you know, over the last few seasons, they've actually been great covering. Um, and you know, this year, you know, the the only time I guess mm, I thought one other time, but I remember taking them in Buffalo against the Bills, where they did manage to cover the six point spread. But yeah, you know, you make a you make a lot of good points. Um, and my guess is that AJ Green will not play another game for the Bengals. Is my guess. Um, but those are really good points, and I'm glad I didn't pick that game uh, for one of my picks because uh, we would have gotten off to a crazy start. But anyway, that is it for today's show. Thanks again for joining me, Matt. Remind everyone where they can
1: find more of you and your work. Sure. At Sports Talk, Matt, is the Twitter account, uh, the Better Network and SB Nation Radio. If you use TuneIn, you can get the show. We're on from 1 to 4 Eastern, part of the Better Network on TuneIn, or SBNationLive.com is a direct stream for SB Nation Radio from 10 to 1 Pacific, 1 to 4. We come out of the Palms Casino and CG Sportsbooks. And we have a lot of fun uh, breaking down games, a lot of insiders, a lot of Las Vegas uh, bookmakers join us on the program and talk a lot about what's happening behind the counter. So we try to take you into the into the risk room, if you will, to find out what the books need every week. All right. Well, thanks again for coming on the
0: show, Matt. I hope we can do it again uh, before the season ends.
1: Would love to. Thanks for the invite. Really appreciate it.
0: All right, I want to remind everyone about BetMGM, where you can earn $100 in winnings by placing a $1 bet on the 49ers to beat the Redskins this weekend when you sign up using our promo code, Harris. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to be entered into our Odell Beckham Jr. signed helmet giveaway. Good luck with your wagers this weekend, my friends. We'll be back breaking down the early lines next week.